Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. So let me begin by saying today I'm going to give you the new church name. Now I know I just hit some of you right between the eyes. I didn't hear nothing about a church name. We announced not too long ago that we were, we've been feeling this. In fact, uh, we've been feeling this for about three years. We've been feeling this for a long time, actually, longer than that. I haven't told anybody, haven't said a word, but recently God's really impressed it in our hearts and minds. Let me tell you how we got the name Covenant Life Center. Uh, and most of you don't even know this, and I, I hate to say it because you're going to probably say to yourself, oh my God, they've changed, how many times have they changed their church name? When we started, we started in the hotel. And that name in the hotel was called New Covenant Fellowship. And so we started in the hotel, and we were so excited. Our very first service, we probably had about 65, 70 people, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, to us, that was huge. And, and after a while, that huge got smaller because the newness wore out. And we diminished and dwindled, not diminished, we dwindled down to about 25 people that were constant. Sometimes at some services, only 10 people would come, and that would be all of our volunteers, all of our musicians, which was probably about four, no, three, one musician, one musician, three singers, and uh, our youth group was two, three girls. We had no, we had children, but we had no Sunday school, um, and it was just a, 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 a moment of faith. We had to embrace that God did call us. But the man that I was under at that moment, we're still very good friends with him, and the, the church that helped us get started um, that I went to about an hour away from here in Ocampo, uh, that church, they housed me. Because when I first began ministry, um, God brought us out of a denominal circle. And I did things correctly, so no one would follow me when God called me to start a church. I went to church about an hour away from Victoria, so no one would follow me. Because I wanted to do it right, and I wanted to do things with excellence and with God's approval. But during that time, the church that housed us at that time, they, they, they encouraged us. They, the pastor literally asked me if I wouldn't mind co- calling the church Covenant, because it's what God was doing in that season. And the word covenant was, was, a, was a revelation at that time when we started the church. No one had ever heard of the word covenant a whole lot and emphasized on it. But covenant was something new and something fresh. And I honored him and I said, yes, I would. And so to make that name a little better, a little bit more friendlier, we added the Life Center on it. Covenant Life Center so we could make it a little bit more friendly in its approach. Because the name Covenant really didn't stick to people. So we thought we would just do that. And people to this day, and I think the testimonies from the Connection Point class is Mary. I think her testimony was just right on for the whole purpose of me sharing this today. That she said, a friend said that she couldn't remember the name of our church. Because that word Covenant, people have to ask me all the time, well, how do you spell that? Oh, that's a new name. Oh, that's a different name. And all they, you know, they, they just don't understand it. In fact, most people, now this is not everyone, but this is what we hear a lot of times. When people come to us, they, uh, they tell us, they mentioned that they went to church here 
and they say, this is what they say most of the time, is, uh, oh, I've heard of that place. I just didn't know it was a church. Is that anybody here? Does that ever happen to you? You tell them when you went to church, they, they ask you, what is that? Hands all over the place. Some of you are afraid to lift up your hands. But we have loved the name covenant and, and appreciated because we've learned and understood covenant. But as we grew and as we stayed planted, we really determined, we really found out who we were. You see, as you, as you stay planted and you, you're led by the Spirit of God and you stay in His presence, you start finding your identity and you start realizing this is who I am. This is what we do. So we had a vision, we had a mission, but we didn't have values. And after, over the years, we developed values. What's important to us? What do we do? What's our strong point in the church? We realized one of our strong points is discipleship. There are other churches that focus just on community, and that's great. Other folks and other churches focus on big events and conferences, and that's great. They're exciting. But when the lights go out, is there really change? Our calling in our, on this church, that's on this church, is discipleship. And it's strong, and we can honestly say that here, lives are changed. If you give us time, life, your life will be changed and altered if you're consistent. If you will come to church every week, if you'll apply the messages, if you'll get engaged, if you'll get a prayer life and you get a Bible reading life. And don't, I'm not talking about going on marathons, but just simply being consistent with it. I promise you, according to God's word, there's going to be change in your life. Stability is the biggest challenge in our generation because we're so used to getting things so fast. I mean, you know, God doesn't do kingdom prime. Sometimes he does, but not all the time. We have to go through the delivery process of giving birth through prayer. We have to go through the process of waiting on the Lord. But there are benefits for waiting on God. And so, so we realize that the consistency of, of leading people, helping people, that we teach them how to grow, how to engage in the kingdom, how to grow in the kingdom, how to get a prayer life, and how to, get, how to see God begin to work if you're consistent, if you're faithful and you're here constantly, I'm telling you that you will see change. You know, you will see change. So as the years gone by, we realize that what we really are, we really are a, a, a flow. We know that the river of God flows through this church. And we see people planted by the river. So Psalms chapter 1 has always been our, our, our life song and has always been the scripture God is giving me and giving us. And I share it with people all the time because it works. Blessed is the man. Blessed is that man who doesn't sit, stand, or, or go in the way of sinners. But he meditates on God's word day and night. And he's going to be... A like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So what we've realized is, is that we're mainly focusing on when we do what we do, if the river doesn't flow, we're not anything without him. We need the river of God to flow through our lives. So over the years, God has given us a name, and I'm going to give you a history of it, but right now I'd like to show you what that name is. We wanted to introduce to you our new church name, 
our new church name is going to be called Riverside Church. Our slogan is where people grow. And incidentally, that is the actual title of today's sermon, Where People Grow. There's a lot of history behind this name. Um, there's a lot of history behind that name, not just personally, but spiritually. As some of you know, and I don't want you to think for one moment that the only reason the name is being called this is because my family owned a business called Riverside. That's not the reason. Most of you don't know anything about my father. Is this okay? I need to talk to you quickly. I need to give you a history. I need to share some things personally with you. Most of you, most of you all don't know. My father came here in the late 70s. He was, a, he was an entrepreneur. He owned a, a jewelry store. He owned and ran a uh, Century 21, a, a real estate company. He owned a warehouse. Um, he owned a, uh, a number of businesses, barbershops, and he had real estate from Houston to Brownsville. And he was a successful businessman. And he also built what was, was called Riverside Flea Market, which turned into Riverside Convention Center, which all people knew as Riverside by the park at Riverside Park. As God blessed my family and, you know, in different ways, when we found Christ, that old big airplane hangar building, my father, what he did was he found the area by the park. He almost bought the property where the new mall sits on right now, but instead he went to the park and saw this dump site. Most of you don't know this. Maybe some of you do. There used to be a dump site right where the building was at Riverside, if you, knew, if you remember that. And he loved the park and wanted his kids to be there. And, and uh, so he, he got a demolition job out at the airport. They paid him to uh, disassemble an a airplane hangar. And they paid him. And so he took the job, took the money that they paid him, and re-erected another building right where it was at. And it was a big facility, about 22,000 square feet or so. And, and so we had big concerts and events and dances and all that kind of stuff and we influenced thousands of people and I can honestly tell you there's a reason why um, I, I there's a reason why we have certain convictions in my life and in my family is because we were involved in a lot of that that atmosphere and associated with a lot of those relationships that or simply we've seen families tore apart we saw what everything can do and from alcoholism to adultery to to hatred, to, to just being like the prodigal son who spends all of his inheritance. And I can't tell you how many people that we in, encourage to, to live a certain lifestyle contrary to the scriptures in the Bible. We didn't know it at that time. But one day God saved my brother, my oldest brother Rick, and he had cancer. And, and he was driving down the r r Red River. And when he was driving down Red River, he had these spots in his liver. He was fixing to go through a biopsy. They knew it was cancer. They just wanted to give him some hope. And he, and he simply, simply turned on the radio about 4 o'clock in the morning. He was going to go open up the fitness center. We owned a fitness center also. And he, he was going to go open it up. And that morning when he turned on the radio, an old preacher by the name of Lester Roloff 
it was a fiery preacher. He came out and he started talking to my brother. When he turned on the radio, he turned on the, that, that, that he tuned it in. And this preacher came on and said, sir, he said, the reason why you're sick right now, he said, the reason why your body has that disease and you've got that cancer, he says, because of the lifestyle you've been living. He says, what you got to do is get out of that dance hall business, get out of that bar business, get out of that lifestyle, and God is going to heal you. And he pulled over. And he pulled over to the side of the road, and he started to, in the field actually, in the property that we own, we owned about 22 acres out there at the park. And, and he pulled into the empty parking lot, and he, and he said, Lord Jesus, if you'll heal me, I'll live for you. Well, needless to say, he went back to the doctor, and God completely healed him. All the spots were gone and changed his life. Changed his life. And from that moment on, about that time and later, we, that, that little seed of faith, big seed of faith, actually was an acorn. God just planted in his heart, and we grew into this, into this family that, that was totally opposite of what we, we did previously with the world and we gave up the business we gave up the building we walked away from it quite honestly we lost it because we stopped selling alcohol to families because we stopped tearing families apart in that way I'm not telling you it's all bad but from my perspective we got a better perspective I know all about it I know all about the bands and all the people and I've seen it fights break out families I've seen it all. So from this perspective, there was a big weight over my family. A big weight over my family. But God, one thing led to another, and we walked away from it and lost it purposely because we, just, we decided we weren't going to do those things anymore. And so we put it on the altar, and God took it. Years later, someone came back and offered me the, bid, the building about three times probably about three times they offered it to me. And every single time I would pray about it and then somebody else would buy it. They came to me again. Would you like to buy the building? And we went there and looked at it again. I had so many memories that came to flood my mind and, and someone else bought it. Then the third time someone came up to me and said, hey, I'll, I'll sell it to you for this much and you can have it back. And again, we went to that place. And finally I said, hey, hey guys, the people that were there with me, uh, I said, let's walk around this place seven times and just ask God to do something with it. And, and so we did. And a couple of weeks later, we just waited. And finally, I was wrestling with the emotions of it. And I felt like there was some selfish things there in my heart of why I wanted that building. And I, I didn't feel right about it. And I just simply told God, I said, God, you've got to take it out of, take it away. If it's not your will for us to have it, then make sure that it does, it cannot be sold and put me in a position where I, we cannot buy it and just do it, get it out of my heart. Right when I prayed that prayer, my nephew called me and he said, hey, did you see Facebook? I said, what? He said, they just tore down Riverside. The city bought it and then the walls came tumbling down and they destroyed the building. And God told me, he said, I, I answered your prayer. You walked around seven times, the walls came down. I said, hey, he said, that's your answer. I said, that's great. So then we got a word from God that we were going to buy this property. And then we realized that 
you know, it was right down the road where my father had five acres also. He gave it up for the business, and we lived in a trailer house right next to the facility, and my father lost five acres and gave it up for the family. The irony of it is, is right down the road off of Salem, God gave me five acres back. And, and I say me, but he gave us, but he used us. And so I realized that what is my purpose? You, you have to understand something. God, and I say this with all humility, I, I really say this with all meekness as possible, but I think you need to understand something. Whatever church you're seeing, the reason that church is there is because God called a man or a woman. God called a family to start it. And I realized that when God saved me, he, he saved me and he gave me an assignment. I didn't have clarity on the assignment, but one service, one service happened. On the day that we signed the paperwork for this building, me, my wife, and our then secretary, Denise Piper, raise your hand, Denise. Uh, we went to a revival. And when we went to a revival, there was a prophet that was there. You know what a prophet is, right? I tell y'all that. Y'all should know what a prophet is. I went to this revival and this night of prophetic flow, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call it. I walked in and I sat down, and and this this preacher stopped the service. When he stopped the service. He looked at me and he said, sir, because um, he was ministering to people, but he stopped and he said, sir, would you stand up, pointed at me. So I stood up sitting with my wife there and, and Denise was right behind us. And, and he pointed at me and he said, he said, I, he said, I don't understand this, but, but why do I see your father? And I lost my dad in 1980. My dad died with a head-on collision with an 18-wheeler off in DaCosta on Port Lavaca Highway when it was really narrow and really dangerous to drive on. But my father was under the influence of alcoholism. And so when that occurred, and that's partly some of the reason why in my family and my kids, we just don't partake of alcohol because it, it brought... A lot of issues into my family. My, in fact, my father-in-law uh, got cancer from it, and, and that and tobacco. And then my mother-in-law, she was, uh, her liver was affected by alcoholism. And I lost my dad to alcoholism. And so, in my family, we have a pact together. We have an agreement together as a family that we will never take and touch alcohol all the days of our lives. That's just our agreement with our family. That's my conviction. So, you know, I just, I just don't do it. Because I just, I just have a commitment to that and all the history that was there and, and being there and serving all these people and doing things, I just didn't see good come out of it. Now, if, if that's not your conviction, then, you know, that, that's, that's fine. But for us, everyone has different convictions. This is ours. But I thank God he gave me a new wine. I still drink, by the way. I still party, by the way. I just learn how to channel it and learn how to get it from God. And you can still get drunk. This is not a sermon on alcohol or anything like that, but 
you can still get drunk. That's why our convictions are the way they are is because we were making a difference in people's lives in a negative way. Now we're serving them a new wine and a new drink and they're serving and they're dancing for God in his presence. And we, it just, it makes sense for us. So now I understand when I was in that service, the prophet looked at me and he said, I don't know why, but I see your father. And I just started to tear up because my whole life, I wanted my dad. I missed my dad. And my, I was six years old when my dad passed away. And I really didn't remember what it was to have a father. So I longed for that. And I always longed just to hear my dad say, you know, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, son. Keep doing what you're doing. I never heard those voices until God found me and gave me some, some reassurance in my life. So I thank God for my heavenly father. But I missed that. I, I didn't know what that was like. But this prophet looks at me and says, I, I want you to know something. This, God never does this to me, but your dad is standing behind you. And there's a big smile on his face. And he wants me to tell you that he is proud of you. Now, whether you believe all that stuff or not, it doesn't matter to me. It was real to me. And it would happen. And then God started speaking to this prophet and said, Every dream that your father was not able to accomplish, he said, God has chosen you to fulfill everything that your father did not finish accomplishing. What most people don't know is, is that God was dealing with my dad at the time before he passed away. God reaches out to everyone. And God was reaching out to my father and sent someone to witness to him. And he started feeling the Spirit of God come in his life. And he was on the edge, teeter-tottering with that. And then he, he, he told my mom one day, my mom told me before she passed away, that your dad felt like he, he wanted to, he felt like a, he had a calling in his life. And he wanted to turn Riverside into a church one day maybe and, and do all these things. I had no idea that he had those feelings and those thoughts. And my mom shared that with me before she passed. And so God dealt with me again, and he said, just because you're not by the river doesn't mean you still can't name the church that. And God gave us the name, and it was like freshness. And that church name is based off of Psalms chapter 1. There is relevance to our family. In fact, Rivera means people who do business by the river. But that word Riverside comes actually from Psalms chapter 1. And let me read that scripture to you right now. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God, of the Lord. And his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, I can keep on reading all of this, but I want to read you something right here again and go back and, and, and focus on this part where he says, he shall be like a tree planted. Planted. When people come to this church, or any church, they should be planted. But unless the Spirit flows freely, there is no full maturity and growth in their life. 
I thank God for every church. I thank God for everyone that's making a difference in the community. But the calling on us and the mandate that we have from God is to be a spirit-filled, flowing, life-giving church. Where our worship is passionate, the Word becomes flesh again. Where we let the Spirit of God flow in our church services. Where we encourage it. And we can't leave church without feeling His presence. Where lives are changed. And here we've recognized that people's lives, they've planted in a church. And it's our obligation to stay on our knees in prayer and for the worship team to get up there and believe what they're singing and give their lives over to God and not be and not be inconsistent, but we are all consistent so the anointing can flow through them. So you can feel something and engage in what's in the atmosphere. And you're taught how to pray here, what it is to be connected to the kingdom and all about your identity and and, and certain strategies and 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 secrets that God gives us through the scriptures on how to overcome your obstacles and how to defeat the enemy and how to let the river of God flow in your life where you can see fruit produced in your life. That's what consistency does. You would never plant a tree or a plant in your yard one month and then move it the next month to someplace else. There is no growth there. That's why... Let me turn back while I'm saying this. You don't think I'm saying it to anybody in particular. That's why if you keep church hopping, you're never going to grow. I was talking to the wall. I'm just talking to the wall. I wasn't talking to you. You got to get planted. You're going to find problems at every church. But I promise you, you won't find no problem with his spirit. You won't find any problems in his presence. In fact, your, 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 your eyes will get vision again, and you'll start seeing things clearly and start walking in love. You start walking in faith. Stop walking in offense. Stop walking through this hatred and unforgiveness in your life. When you get filled with his presence, when you feel the presence of God, you will walk in love. You will walk with clarity and wisdom, understanding, long-suffering. You have temperance in your life, the fruits of the Spirit, and you'll start seeing the good in everything. But you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not standing in the path of sinners. And you're not sitting in the seat of the scornful. You are delighting in his word day and night. And you're being consistent with that. And things change. Point number one, I'm going to give you this right now. And let me go through the scripture. People grow where the river flows. This all pertains to living life by the riverside. The river we are referencing is the river of God, the Spirit of God. And we don't have to be exactly by a body of water to be called Riverside Church, folks. We just have to be in the Spirit to be called Riverside Church. You understand what I'm talking about? Because I know how minds work. I know how people think. Well, we're not by any river. And people's going to get confused with the riverside thing in there. And people are going to think, oh, my God, he just wanted to follow through and make another dance hall. <laughs> I promise you. I've had a number of people ask me, why do we have to change the church name? 
Well, it's not a matter of why. It's a matter of will we. Will we be obedient to what God is saying to us? I want you to understand something. When you chose to come to church here, you chose to embrace the assignment and the vision, the calling that God has put into that pastor's heart for the region. How many of you understand that? I mean, that's why you have to find the right church for you. If you don't agree with the vision, the mission, and their values, then find a church that you do agree with. But when God called me, he called me from a dysfunctional background and was going to use us and our family and you to help obtain and help to see lives changed and to turn around what the devil meant to evil and turn it around for good. And that's part of our history. I like big events. I, I promise you, I know how to hold big events. I grew up my whole life as a child having big events, big names, conferences, all that stuff. That's nothing. And we did that when we first started. But all that did for people was, pull, was just build some hype and some excitement. And then after the lights were out, no one was discipled. They were just excited, but they lost it. You lose it after a while. But God dealt with us about being consistent with the river flows and helping people learn how to think on him and meditate on him and grow in him. That's called discipleship. And when you disciple and you teach and you entertain the presence of God, if that river flows, people are going to grow. Lives are going to change. So no matter what I say, unless the Spirit of God is anointing me, unless the atmosphere is conducive to the presence of God, no lives will be changed. But lives will be changed if the atmosphere is filled with His presence. And it will be there if the atmosphere is releasing His Word. And so things happen and things occur. Uh, David... David wasn't the only one who, who mentioned that growing by the river uh, brings benefits and in life into your life. Jeremiah chapter 17 says it like this in verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river. Did you know inside of every single one of us, there's a gravitational pull of your spirit drawn to the presence of God? Did you know that your spirit is the very root system of your life? And the only thing that can satisfy your spirit is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. You were made for God. There's a lot of people whose roots are gravitating towards things in the world. A lot of people... They can't find satisfaction. They can't find fulfillment. They are not, they're unsettled. They're not happy. They got to have something new every time, every season to make them feel good. And it's it just a, it's a, it's a, it's really a, just a counterfeit for the real thing. But when you experience God's presence, you begin to understand that it continues in the verse, verse 8, and will not fear when heat comes, but his leaves will be green. In other words, when trials come, you'll learn how to be more dependent on God, and you'll learn what really satisfies you and strengthens you because the greenery, because the green color in the leaves of a tree 
or a plant is based, it's really, it's really, it's an observation of its health. And if you have the Spirit of God in your life, you are healthy and everything healthy grows. Everything healthy grows. Somebody say it right now, Father, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. And you won't be anxious in the year of drought, nor will you cease from yielding fruit. That means that when you're planted by the river, that it doesn't matter what season you're in, in the kingdom, you're always producing fruit. Always. Always prospering. John chapter 7 verse 38 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Look at your neighbor and tell him, hey, you sprung a leak. <laughs> you got to have the river flowing through you. You must have the Spirit of God in your life. You must be a pursuer of God's presence. Is there anybody here that hungers after his presence? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Before you got to church, did you feel some kind of a burning in your spirit, in your inner man, that, that you felt a hunger for God's word? If you haven't, stay in prayer and worship until you develop that. Because the force that's inside of you will drive you to do what's good. Let the river flow. Out of your belly or your innermost being will the river flow out of. That's why we encourage everybody Pray in the Spirit. Worship God. Listen to anointed music. And I'm an 80s guy, so I have nothing against the 80s except they're gone. <laughs> I love the 80s. I don't care who you are. But I'm going to tell you, when I want to feel his presence and I want to dwell in that, I find some anointed music. I find something that's going to arouse the Holy Ghost inside of me. And if I can arouse the Spirit of God and fan the flame, I've learned that my thinking changes, my words change, my perspective change. I want to be planted by the river. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to meditate on God's Word day and night, day and night. And listen to this, Revelation 22, 1 and 2 says, And he showed me a pure river. Someone say, pure river. A river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb of God. And in the middle of the, its streets, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore fruit, 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves on that tree were for the healings of the nation. That's the description of the Spirit of God in our life. It's a pure river. It's a pure river. I, I went this summer, I went to the Frio River for the first time. And there was a, per, a certain part of the Frio that we were lodging at. And I've got to tell you, I've never been there before, but where we were at, the water was crystal clear. It was cold, but it was refreshing. And I had never in my life, I'd just, you know, I'd never been there. But, man, I'll tell you, it was just beautiful. And I stayed in that water, and I'd pray, and i just thank God for it. I couldn't help but think about the Spirit of God, how God's Spirit is pure and strong and refreshes and, and just builds us and heals us. And 
There's so many things that the river of God can do, what the Spirit of God can do in your life. There is nothing impossible, but it is a decision for you to be planted by that river. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to tell you something here. I'm going to talk to, to men to, or, or a man. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, I want to tell a man in here that you want to succeed. Do you really want to succeed? You want to find out what true success is? And if your thought about success is making money, you've got it all wrong. If your thought about success is having a title, you've got it all wrong. When you read the scripture, true success comes by being planted in the presence of God and meditating in his word because that those two things, prayer and reading the word consistently, will put you in the will of God. And being in the will of God is a success because everything you do being in his will there's nothing in your life that won't prosper. Nothing. And that's the biggest challenge most people have. They can't find themselves. So point number two is this. Your identity is found as you grow. See, that's what's happening here with our church. With conviction, this isn't just another name. This isn't a name change just because we want to be cool. With conviction, we can honestly say we found out who we were. We found out who we are. We know our purpose now. We see ourselves developing in, in our culture, in our environment, and everything. We understand it. So you find your identity even Jesus said about the, the wheat and the tares. Listen to this. Listen to this. Because you really don't know what a plant is until, it both, until they both grow. And so Matthew 13, 26 and 30, and this is very good right here. If you want to make a note of this, you can. Because you won't find out who you are, what you were meant to do, until you have grown in Christ. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? Do you want us to go and gather them up? And listen to what he says. But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Let both grow together. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares, bind them in the bundles and burn them, and then gather the wheat into the barn. In other words, because at a young age, you really can't distinct find the distinction between the two that as they get older you can tell the difference because the tares were higher than the wheat and anything with fruit it begins to bow there's a distinct difference and so you can find out who you are most people that grow up without God they grew up as a tear you see this is the actual example of a harvest he's referring to people 
people that grow up in the world and have nothing to do with God, they grow in the midst of this world. And also in this world, the church is planted, people are saved, lives are changed. But one bears fruit and the other one doesn't, and it stays up high and stay proud. Full of knowledge, thinking they know everything, thinking they're better than anybody, thinking they have it all together, arrogance and pride. Can't be taught, can't be instructed. But people who bear fruit are humble. They walk lowly. They walk in meekness. They know where their source is and where it comes from and who it is. And it's so easy to distinguish the difference. And you realize, like the, like the, like the harvesters, you can identify the fruit and you can identify what's not of God as you grow. As you grow in his presence, if you'll stay connected, if you'll get planted, you'll start realizing what your purpose is. And the best way to find your purpose is to start serving. Don't be afraid. And can I just simply say this to all of you, and I have sympathy for you, but I don't care if the last pastor was mean. I'm not mean. Unless you take my fajitas. But, you know, that's just another, that's another scenario, another place. Don't touch my cheesecakes. There's certain boundaries I have. Bobby does not share food. I give to the poor, but do not be poor-minded in coming over to my place. What I'm saying is, is that, is that honestly, I, I really forgot what I was saying. That threw me all off. Lord, forgive me. God, help me remember. I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. Let me remember. Not a mean pastor. This is not the same church. And we're not going to forget you as we grow. Thought I'd throw that out there. Let me say it again. We're not going to forget you as we grow and get bigger. If you don't want to be involved, if you don't want to stay in part of this, then you cease from growing, and that's going to happen. You have to grow. See, when God gives you a position or God gives you a place, it's a testing ground for you to develop and learn and grow, stay planted in the river, and let, produce, let fruit be produced in your life. Where you're producing fruit, that's where you'll remain. If you're not producing fruit, then we have to pray, God, where does they belong? Because we got to find out where's the area that you've been called to be in. That's trial and error. You know how long it took me to realize what my strengths are, what I was, what I wasn't? I mean, listen, I, I love T.D. Jakes. I love uh, Stephen Furtick. I love Jensen Franklin. I, I love all these preachers that you hear about out there, Rod Carpenter, all of them. But I am not them. I cannot be them. I cannot preach like them. I can't do what they do. I have to be me and do me. I have to be what I am. I have to teach and preach and speak like I would. I have to dress like me. I have to be me. I don't shave my head because it's a new style. I'm actually thin like a dog that has mange. <laughs> Trust me, I look better without hair. want to represent right, you know, just... Just telling you, just want to do right. <laughs> but I got to be me. But you know how long it took me to find my identity? It took a lot of time in his presence and growing and realizing, oh, this is what I can do. This is how I can do it. This is what I'm going to do because God's given me inspiration. You've got to know who you are and what your purpose is, but you'll never find it unless you grow. 
And you'll never grow unless you get in the flow. And number three is this. Number three is this. And I got scripture for that last one, but we're going to move on for time's sake. Change people, change lives. After God has changed you, it is your responsibility to change and help God work in other people's lives. We know God changes us, but we also know God works through us. So you are the change people are waiting for. You are the person that God is waiting for in this world. In this world, there is nothing more significant than your purpose. Listen, there are people in the Scripture, there are people in the Scripture we have to mention that stayed in the river, that stayed planted in the river, and this is the people. There were 12 disciples, but guess what? They got planted in the river, they were consistent with God, and those 12 disciples became what? Apostles. You know what those apostles did? Apostle means overseer, but it also they planted churches. You see, they got planted in the river, then they were able to reproduce. That's where change really happens. That is the key to the success of being in God's will. If you really want to see success happen, get to a place in your life where you start producing fruit and you start teaching other people how to do it too. What you make happen for other people, write this down. What you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. Period. A lot of people get it wrong. Their mentality is, what can you make happen for me? What, what can you, how can I benefit from you? I, I, don't, I don't think that way anymore. Before God saved me, I used to think that way. I did. I mean, some of you did too. I mean, you do too. But now in my mind, I think, how can I be a blessing to you? Because I learned the secret. You see, I've learned that the more I give away as far as knowledge and wisdom and understanding and, 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 and scripture, the more revelation God gives me. I realize that. So I don't hide and got any secret. I don't have any trade secrets. I give it away. I don't care. I, I, I had a, a, a network in, in the Philippines that contacted us a long time ago and told us that, that they follow our YouTube channel and they preach my messages in their networks in the Philippines. They said, we've looked around for different churches to follow and we love following your church and we are preaching your sermons all in the Philippines. So I'm not there, but you know what? God's making a good difference. Thank God for technology, right? But I don't care. I mean, if we, we do have preachers that are here that come visit this church. Uh, take, I mean, I don't think I have the best sermons in the world. I think there are other people that can speak better than me, all that stuff. But you know what? Who cares? Take them. Put your name on it. Make them your sermons. Who cares? I don't care as long as God gets the credit. I don't care who gets the credit as long as the job gets done. I really don't care. But, but the truth is, you've got to have that mentality. Don't hide and hoard everything with this. <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've asked people before for recipes, and they told me, um, I can't do that. <laughs> no, that, that's our special recipe. Really? 
It's on Pinterest. I mean, everyone knows you're getting the cookie recipe from Nestle Tollhouse. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Nestle Tollhouse. <laughs> For all you Friends fans out there. But, you know, there, there is something about giving away what God's given you. Why are you hoarding it? <laughs> Do you not know that unless you give it out, God won't give you more? Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You need to give it so God can give it back. Cast your bread upon the waters, and not many days hence, it'll come back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Whatever you need more of, you got to give away and sow it. You have to sow it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Saul of Tarsus persecuted the church, but then he became Paul, and then he started to build the church. Change people, change lives. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. All right, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them this is the Bible. Yeah, this is the Word of God. So, so I, I just want you to know it's in here. Pay attention. This isn't me. This is the Scripture, but I stand behind it. Or do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual, neither the sexual immoral, or, nor adult, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to what it says. Further on, it says in verse 11, and such were some of you. Before you start judging, look around and tell somebody that used to be you. But listen to what it says. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord. And by the Spirit, someone say the Spirit. Spirit. Someone say the river. The Spirit of our God. The Spirit of our God. So I close with this. Come on, Haley. I close with this thought here today. And here's the thought process behind being planted by the river. It's this, everyone. It's this. Your spiritual life should be like a river. You can never touch the same place twice in the river. You can't. You put your finger in one place, that water moves on down the line. It keeps on going downstream. You can never touch the same body of water because there's a constant flow. So the river is a constant flowing. It's constantly flowing with new experiences. The river is constantly flowing with new experiences. So you were meant to have new experiences on a weekly, daily, monthly, yearly basis. The reason why most people don't grow, and I wanna, I'm going to say this as well, 
before we ever started growing in number, God told us to become better and then bigger would come. So we're not focused on just getting numbers. We're focused on focusing on becoming better, planted and growing because everything healthy grows. And we have nurtured this body of believers, and we have nurtured this location, and we have done the best with what God has given us. We have never looked at this location as just a warehouse. We've treated it, sanctified it, prayed for it, and believed that this is a place of worship. Because we know the next place God takes us, if we don't have some kind of respect for this house, we're not going to have the same kind of respect for the next house. So we mature here. We learn here, we grow here, we develop character here. We begin to accept and learn the faith of God here. But we've learned that you need a new experience. You cannot consistently live off of past experiences. That's one of the reasons why I decided to do a crew this semester, once a month. That crew, I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to say this emphatically. I'm going to say this with conviction. If you're not an excited Christian or you don't fully understand it, you need someone to teach you about the spirit baptism and this river of life I'm talking about. You need someone to teach you how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so rivers of water can flow out of your life. So that's why I'm teaching that crew called born again and I promise you according to God's word when we're done with that Bible lesson that you will be baptized in the spirit and you will understand it and it will change your life do I have anybody that can testify to that here this Sunday morning but you need a river to flow in your life we're here to help and make a difference we're going to give out everything we know, all of our resources, everything that we know to give to help you prosper in your life. That's why we are the way we are. Sometimes I feel like we can encroach into some people's business by being too helpful. But that's just who we are as a family. That's who we are as a church. We want to help people. There's no strings attached. We want your business to prosper. We want your families to prosper. We want your marriages to prosper. We want your children to prosper. And anything we can do to help, that's what we're going to do because God's given us something to share with you that's why except for the exception of tomorrow there's going to be no prayer here in the morning since it's a holiday but every single day of the week Monday through Friday I am here and I'm not boasting I'm giving an invitation I am here every single morning at 6 o'clock to 730 <laughs> you got quiet <laughs> It's funny to me. I'm sorry. But when I, when I say something like that, people start getting quiet and go, oh, my God, he's going to tell me to come. Oh, my God, Pastor's going to ask us to come in the morning. I can't get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to ask you to come. I give you the invitation. But the truth is, if we're not planted by the river, if we're not consistent in prayer, I promise you, you're not going to want to come to church here. It's going to be dry. It's going to be boring. There's going to be drama. There's going to be issues and things. Not that there isn't, but I'm going to tell you, it's so much better with the Holy Ghost. It's so much better with the Holy Ghost. It's just so much better with His presence. It's so much better to feel His love and feel His, 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 His Spirit in our life. 
We love who he is. We love who we are. But we found our identity, and we are planted by the rivers of living water. And whatever we're going to do, it's going to prosper. God's hand is on this church. God's hand is in our life. God's hand is in our family. Do you believe that today? Come on, do you believe that today? How many of you believe that this Sunday morning? I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to lift up your hands, and I want you to simply say this to God. God, let me grow. God, let me grow. Grow me. And for those of you who have questions I didn't answer, we're looking to change the church name coming up in January. We have to change it in this location before we get to the next location because it makes sense. We have to, so when we do move buildings, we, when we do move the congregation, we don't want people to be lost. We don't want them to look for Covenant Life Center and realize, oh, there's, they left. <laughs> what happened to Pastor Bobby? We want to change the name in January so we can learn to uh, uh, establish our, our reputation and keep the same. I think we got a good reputation. And I thank God for the people that were, that, that were gossiped to, that were lied to, that came and got curious and came here and got stuck with the love bug. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no matter, it's, it's advertising, it's great advertising when people talk about you. And I love it when people come and they realize, oh my God, this is a great church. They said it was weird, but man, I love this church. I love the atmosphere. I love the people. I love my God. I love my God. That's the way I feel about it at least. So I interrupted our prayer, but I had to give that to you. Let's do it again. Lift your hands and let's just ask God to bless today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want you, Father. We want you to let us just be planted. Lord, let our thoughts, let our minds, let our hearts meditate on you day and night. We pray, we pray today, God, that our spirit would just simply, simply, God, be attached to you. Lord, let the spirit of God flow. Let the spirit of God flow. Father, let the spirit of God flow. Let every heart, let every mind, let every person be a recipient and receive the blessings of God, the favor of God, the life of God. Let spirits, God, become alive again. Let your river flow. Somebody say it. Let the river flow. Come on, say let the river flow. Now here's how you let it flow. I want you to pray in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit right now. It's been a long time since you really prayed in the Spirit. You need to just let the Spirit of God flow through your life. You see, out of your belly comes the healings. Out of your belly comes the, the blessings. Out of your belly comes dominion. Out of your belly, you drive off demons and devils. Out of your belly comes the peace of God, comes the strength of God, comes the answers of God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Somebody give him a shout of praise right now. Come on, all over the house. Thank you, Father. Now let's bow our heads for a moment. How many of you are excited about the future? I'm excited about the future. Let's bow our heads. For those of you that are here that haven't, given your life to the Lord and you need to be planted by the river let's take the first step today let's make Jesus your Lord and Savior let's repent of our sins can we pray together Lord Jesus forgive us of our sins 
forgive us for doing what we want to do. Lord, forgive us for every negative attitude. Today, I'm deciding I want you to plant me. Plant me in your kingdom. Forgive me of all my sins. And I thank you for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Now somebody thank him real big right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.